Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Counterattack. So we're back with a very special guest and a very special podcast today because this is the first time we've had a football commentator on our podcast and someone who've actually quite enjoyed listening to when watching uh, Bundesliga football. When you're in foreign countries, you get to hear um, this gentleman speak when, when you hear it. It's not Derek Ray. It's another British fo- uh, football commentator that's come on the podcast today who's very kindly given up his time. So uh, thank you very much, Phil Boney, for coming onto the podcast. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Not quite. Bonnie. 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 And uh, I like the, uh, being introduced as basically not Derek Ray. <laughs> That's, yeah, he's the man that Derek Ray, uh, he fills in for... For Derek Ray, when Derek's not there, yeah, that, that's pretty pretty much what I that do. was it. Because like Derek Ray is like world famous now because he's on he FIFA. Totally, he's on totally FIFA games, so you literally hear it all the time. And he does those um, audio, um, he does those audio things on the Bundesliga YouTube channel as well when it's just like doing the voiceovers. So I'm like, you just you can't you can't not think of Derek Ray when you're thinking of English Bundesliga football. So I'm like, I need to big you up in a different way now, Phil. So um, <laughs> there's no no escaping Derek Ray. <laughs> He's inevitable. It's like Thanos in the, in the Avengers, just there yeah. all the time. He's uh, a great, gonna... great guy, great guy, great colleague. Do you get to work with him a lot as well? Um, we used to before the pandemic. We we he used to come over to Europe. I mean, he was one of those typical traveling commentators. You know, he'd be mm. he'd be in Spain, he'd be in the UK, he'd be in America, he'd come over to Germany. Um, and we used to, yes, we used to often uh, share a glass of the local. Uh, uh, beer here back in the day. Sadly, that's that's been off the menu for for quite some time. Poor Derek's been stuck in Massachusetts, in uh, in the US, but uh, he still gets to commentate games via the uh, the new modern technological wonders that are available to us. Yeah, just like in foreign studios, and you can do it. But I was commentating in any country in the world as well, and it's incredible how it's gone gone forward in that respect as well. But um, first of all, Phil, how's everything going in Germany for you? How are you doing? Is everything okay? Well, uh, so far, touch wood, um, all healthy. Um, haven't had uh, anything to do with the nasty virus at all. Um, I've had my three jabs in the arm. They did nothing to me other than uh, make me want to buy Microsoft products. <laughs> uh, no, that's a lie. Um, imagine, yeah. imagine Microsoft was, was, was like sponsoring the virus as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, yeah. It's, for me, it, it affects everyone differently. We all know that. I mean, I don't need to brief anybody on how this all works. Um, but with me, it, my arm just felt like I'd been playing football, and someone give me an elbow um, in the arm. A uh, couple of days, it was gone all, all three times. So yeah, it's not going away quickly over here in Germany. I suppose what we should talk about is is the way it's affected the Bundesliga. We're down to reduced crowds again, um, and the way that Germany is federally split up where where the the counties if you like or the states make their own rules some have different rules from others in 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 Bayern for instance uh, the Allianz Arena can have 10,000 people uh, according to the government uh, in this last week or so but uh, in in Cologne where I'm based uh, they can only have 750 people in the stadium which when you think of the the stadium is 55,000 capacity that's that that's uh, yeah it, well, well, well below the the level that some of the others around Germany are going to be are going to be seeing this coming weekend. It's not even a big contrast in the capacities in the stadium, right? Because like the Allianz is around seventy thousand plus around that, and the Cologne Stadium around, like you said, fifty five thousand as well. And that must that must uh, reverberate all around Germany as well with the Schalke Stadium. Um, with, uh, There's some Duma. very big stadiums out there, but but what of course. What everybody seems to tends to forget, and, and and a lot of people will say, well, lots of people come in their cars. It's like it's not actually being in the stadium and being outside that 
from my understanding and remember i'm more to do with football than virology but from my understanding it's getting to and from the games it's like in winter sometimes when the games are cancelled because of snow it's not because the pitch is under snow or it's frozen it's because all the steps and all the stairways and all the approaches are all frozen and uh, accidents uh, to the to the public is 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 not something that that is, that is needed so very often the security services the, the the fire brigade the ambulance they will say no you can't have it because there's too much ice yeah and that happens a lot all around europe and all around the world as well so it's just about that that's probably just another way of how people are going to have to manage COVID-19 now in different countries as well because of the cases in the local areas, how they're managing it, if it's continually to grow as well. It's crazy like that as well. Yeah. We've all got our fingers crossed that it'll move from pandemic to endemic and then we can start seeing some proper um, numbers of people in the stadium in, in Germany. I realise that in uh, in England it's uh, it's already slightly further along. Yeah. The endemic is like the episode six bit in um, Star Wars when you've got all the Ewoks celebrating and everyone's going around the galaxy. And that is finally over. We're finally free. And I'm just uh, like, yeah, when are the ghosts of COVID going to pop up like Anakin and Yoda and Obi-Wan? Crazy like that as well. Um, but no, um, Phil, I just wanted to ask you a bit more about how you got into commentating and how realistic um, you believe it is to get, become a football commentator. Because it looks like nowadays a lot of, ex-professional um, footballers are going in, going down that route of becoming a commentator. But um, how was your kind of background in getting into um, football commentating? Like with a lot of things, um, it's a case of being in the right place at the right time with the right skill set. Um, I was never a professional footballer myself, just I played at sort of very lower league level, very, very low league. <laughs> yeah. I still play today, uh, twice a week when I can, even um, I'm three years off 60 now. So Don't uh, look it. So you must have done really well for six years. Well, yeah, I haven't got a really, really hard-working job. You know, I, I turn up, shout at some people running around, kicking a ball around and go home. People pay me for that. It's a brilliant job. And I'm, I'm very, very blessed and lucky to, to have, as I say, be in the right place at the right time with the right skill set. Uh, it is tougher. And it, it's, it's tougher to get to that point today. And I think it's even, if you go back 20 years to when I started, the, the big piece of... Um, luck or fortune that I had was that I was in a foreign country okay and that made me able to fall into a niche market which is what it is commentating the Bundesliga in Germany working with German colleagues so being able to speak the language um, helped a lot um, especially sort of in the mid part of my uh, time with the Bundesliga yeah um, if you ask me the question would I would I have made it in the UK? I think I probably wouldn't have done um, because the competition is so great. Uh, but what I got was a bit, it's a bit like being a footballer that, you know, let's, let's take just a random kind of guy like Jaden Sancho being given his chance at Dortmund, makes a name for himself, goes to England. You know, he got the chance to play regular football at Dortmund and do some good stuff. Got him, got him noticed, got him into the England squad. Okay. Form comes and goes, but we all know he's a really good player. Um, so in a way, I was a bit, not that I'm comparing myself to Jaden Sancho, but I, I, got, I got the opportunity to work on the Bundesliga at an earlier uh, time that then cemented itself over the, over the coming years. So I, I, got, uh, I got lucky in, in as much as I was, I was able to fill in for, for a guy that um, would go away on holiday. Toby Charles is the name of the man who, who, was, who was very big in, in German football in the 70s and 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Um, 
he was partly uh, sort of responsible for the for, for the people's interest in the Bundesliga in America, doing a, a show called uh, Soccer Made in Germany. But he he I worked with him um, for the German equivalent of the BBC World Service. Yeah, um, we would do documentary films, and he he would be one of the directors, and we'd always talk about football. Um, he's a big. Gladback fan. I always mention that. <laughs> he, Must uh, be really unhappy that he's probably that very happy. Happy. I haven't, I haven't talked to him recently, but uh, I'll know he's. I know he's unhappy. But he just turned around and said they're they're looking for somebody to stand in for me when I can't make it. So it's only like a few weekends a year. Mm. Um, would you be interested in, in doing an audition or uh, whatever? And uh, I said yes, I would. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right place, right time, right there. Absolutely perfect. No, that's really good. And that's really, that's really a fun story to hear as well. Because just like you said, some things people work out a lot really to get where they want to go. And some people, when they've got the right place, the right time as well, it makes things so much easier as well. Because it was kind of like with me as well, because I'm a football scout as well, Phil. So when I was, when I was football scouts and I was scouting during the pandemic, when a lot of people didn't really want to go out and do it. So I, I'm kind of that generation who learned to scout from watching footage from home, which I find quite fascinating because anyone could just watch TV. But it's very hard to watch TV and you're, you're singularly just watching one player or watching one type of tactic that you're looking out for. And it's really cool that way. But it's just the fact that a lot of people weren't really adjusting. Like a lot of football scouts really weren't really adjusting. The people had done like 10, 15, 20 years as well. But for someone who's like one, two years into the game, having that as a double-edged sword was really good for me. And it ends up uh, helping me get a, a football scouting job at Walsall Football Club in League Two. So um I can kind of I can kind of relate with you in, in that in that in that respect as well. Right place, right time, uh, perfect place for us as well. Yeah, of course, because you don't you don't actually progress if you can't cut the mustard. If you can't do it, you don't get any further. You mm. might get your foot in the door, but you have to produce the goods and all those other uh, cliches that people yeah. say at this point. Um, and it is like that. I mean, I I a lot of people come into it the other way. Through journalism, they, they 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 do sports journalism and come through there. I'm my my background is 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 uh, performance media. I've, I've I trained as an actor. Um, I, I I do voiceovers. That's, I mean that's where I join you from today. Is is my own little studio here where where I do um, recordings of. And I, I'm 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 pretty much a mercenary. You know, I'll I'll, I'll do anything from advertising to um, online instruction manuals, how to put door frames together. Um, anything that gets produced in Germany and then sent abroad needs an English soundtrack, if you like, um, or an image film for for, for firms. And I, I just uh, I was worried about getting here on time to do to do this one because I've just come back from a studio where I've been doing documentaries uh, about uh, some of the most dangerous roads in the world. Um, oh my god, are they in Germany because of the autobahn? No, they're not. Some one of them is actually in Scotland. Oh god, no. <laughs> where, where, where in Scotland is it? It's it's. I think it's called the Apple Apple Tree Road or something like that, and it's right up in the Western uh, uh, Highlands. Oh, okay. um, Thank goodness I haven't been there. I haven't been there yet. So. No, but it's 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 a sort of single winding road. It's also very beautiful. But a lot of them are in places like uh, um, Peru and um, places uh, slightly slightly further afield, where mm. where there are sheer mountain drops on one side and sharp cliffs on the other. I'm thinking of that Top Gear episode when literally like Jeremy was going past and then the other car is... And that These are, yes, exactly that sort that of... Thought. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's what I was doing this morning. Um, and that's, that's kind of like my other job. I, I, do, I work as a voiceover artist. I suppose. Brilliant. <laughs> now, literally, I, I find voiceover artists quite fascinating because the fact that you have to describe so many things so much with your voice 
and you don't know how it's going to present on screen, especially if you're doing things like animation as well. And if you're doing things um, along the lines of documentaries, you have to try, uh, try and change your voice in a certain tone to fit the aesthetic of what's actually coming out. Would that be right or not really? Yeah, but basically it's like the football job. You just have to read out loud in an interesting manner. Mm. Um, and who'd have thought that when you were at school, that just being able to read quite well and read it out loud without making any mistakes would actually pay the bills when you got to be a grown-up. That's like, um, that's like that's literally a dream job for me right now as well. It's a totally I'd give up all my all my all my planning in football to just become a voiceover artist. Yeah, well, they just give you a, they give you a, a couple of sheets of A4 that's got. Uh, in 1843, the government had moved on from its current and you, and you and you just have to read it out loud without making any mistakes in an interesting fashion, and then people give you money. It's it's nearly as fun as being a football commentator. <laughs> no, that's true. That's okay as well. Um, but yeah, back to football commentating as well, Phil. I just wanted to ask you, um, did you have like a, a German team when you moved over to Germany or did you even have like a, an English team that you supported as well? Um, or still support, I would say, if you have. Well, I'm, I'm originally from, I'm born and bred from Southampton. Oh, brilliant. And so for my sins, I am a saint. <laughs> You're a saint. And I have been ever since pre-birth. My grandfather had a season ticket my father would go the whole family would come and whenever wherever they're, they're you know although they were sort of based elsewhere Southampton was the team that they would uh, they would come and congregate on a Saturday and I remember I, here's a little uh, um, one of those private stories I, I was always as a kid so outraged that I was too young to go with all the rest of my cousins who would all be taken and they'd all had a little standing sort of stool to stand on so that they could see I was never taken for the first few years. I, I, I hated them all. <laughs> I was so, I so wanted to go. And then oh, my days. of course, but then you've that's got like, like, that's like with me as well. Sorry to interrupt, but that's like literally with me. I told the story a couple of weeks ago on the podcast <laughs> of how um, my brother went to a Man United game with my uncle, but he considered me too young to go. So I'm a Man United fan. And then the game that my brother went to, my uncle, was Man United beating Arsenal 6-1. And Dwight Yorke scored a hat-trick. And I didn't go to a football game until 2013 at Old Trafford next. So I'm just oh. there, like, I can go to any other game. But with my uncle or whatever to Man United, I didn't go for another 12 years. So I'm, oh. literally, I'm literally just there, like, why couldn't I go as well? And it's like, that, oh, Yeah, it, it really hurts. So parents... Why, take your kids take your kids otherwise they'll hate you for the rest of your life <laughs> life lessons for me as well once i hopefully have kids i'll be like no you're, you're coming you're coming yeah put the headphones on them so that their ears don't get hurt and stick them in there oh that's hat and everything they'll be okay yeah but i uh, like most people i went with my granddad the first time to see saints and then, and then i was hooked i can't i can't support any other team they're, they're my team in in the in the premier league or in england regardless of what league they're in no, that's good to hear as well. I'm guessing you still get to follow them occasionally as well. Have you ever been to commentate one of their games? Are you allowed to do that? On no, I had, I had to. Oh, I, I, I could have, I could have ripped the walls down. Um, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, I live in Cologne, and Cologne mm. came over to Southampton to play a friendly game. Yeah, but I couldn't go because I was on holiday. Oh my days! And uh, Mrs. Mrs. Bonnie uh, likes likes me to be there on holiday because she gives up all her sort of Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the football um and i did again have the same uh chance to calc uh, to to commentate schalke against southampton um and i couldn't do that either because i was double booked or, or something but I've, I've twice i've had the opportunity and both times i've blown it however i will say i did commentate the last friendly game in germany between germany and england so so that was oh, quite a blast 
That must have been really fun as well. Um, yeah. Literally just looking through all the players that they have as well. But in Southampton, I think, imagine if they were to get into like the Europa Conference League in a couple of years and they play like a German side or a Europa League side as well. <laughs> I was going to say Europa League, please don't Conference League me. Conference League is like the next logical step as well. <laughs> it is, it is. But you know, we'd be happy for it because we're not one of those massively powerful sides at the moment. Yeah, who knows? You just, you new just owners. More, you just need. Yeah, I was going to say the new owners just need to be doing a bit more, bringing some more players as well. It would be quite good to see Southampton in European football as well. It would be good if we had the team to back it. I, I think they're a hard-working team, the Saints. They, uh, they they try and play attractive football. And, uh, OK, every now and then you get beaten 9-0. But, you know, that's have you never that. played football yourself? I've lost 20-0 before. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this one's in the Premier League as well. It's yeah, OK, you get paid to teams. lose. But, yeah, that's a bit... I don't know. People, some people get really hung up about getting smacked by a whole load of goals. But 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 8-0. The fact you don't get any points is more the problem, I would have thought. If you're down to 10 men and you're playing against an inform Leicester, mm. <laughs> then you could get, OK, let's not mention it any further. But yeah, we did beat Manchester United 1-0 in 1976 in the FA Cup final. That's the best day in my football life ever. Imagine, like literally, you need more memories than that as well. For like, <laughs> more needs to come about. No, no, no. You see, this is the difference. This is the difference. I will remember the, the feelings and the emotions of that day until I drop dead. Whereas no. Man United fans, can you remember what the cup result was in 1979, 85 or whatever? Yeah, well, this is it. You see, Southampton fans have got that one moment of glory that shines like a bright sun for all of us. Like your light in your studio right now. <laughs> as you looked up, the light just came down further as well, which is crazy. Uh, but no, I just wanted to ask you just your thoughts on Southampton and uh, Ralph Hasenhutzel currently at the moment. How do you kind of find them um, at, at the moment for Southampton? Do you reckon they can do anything further going down in the league or do you reckon they'll just be happy with mid-table this season? Well, I was a bit dismayed to see that we hadn't made any uh, massive signings uh, over the, uh, the the January transfer window. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be a it's going to turn into a work in progress. And, and a lot of it depends on how much the new owners prepared to invest. I mean, when um, actually when, when uh, we'd gone bankrupt and uh, Marcus Liebherr bought Southampton on paper, we were one of the richest teams in the league, Yeah, but it, it, not everybody does the Abramovich and comes in and just tips a whole bucket of money over the top of everything. And, and people are, Despite having lots of it, they are still cautious with money. My my granddad always used to say, "How do you think they keep the money? It's because they don't give it out. <laughs> that's that's why they stay rich. Is because they don't spend it. Exactly, um, the rich stay rich by staying rich. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that there there will be some 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 movement. Possibly not this this season. I I think we're all right for this season. I think we're not going to be in our perennial uh, relegation fight down there. We've we've got enough good players as long as we can hang on to them. I mean, I, I keep moaning about Liverpool poaching all of our players' offers, but you can't blame the players for wanting to play at a higher level uh, or get paid more money. Um, if Sky came in and offered me twice what I'm getting at the, at the Bundesliga, I might seriously think about it. You know, it's, it's, chance is unlikely. I'm more likely to be signed by Southampton than I am by by Sky. But Saints TV needs a new commentator. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they've got a good, they've got a good guy there. So uh, yeah, I'd have to. It'd be dead man's shoes. I'm afraid. I'm afraid he'd have to be fired for something outrageous, like finding him with a Portsmouth shirt or something. Start the scandal, though. It needs to yeah, be that would be a total scandal. You couldn't continue if you if you get caught 
down with a poppy, poppy scarf or something. No, nah, definitely not. Um, but no, it looks quite good from a Southampton point of view as well. It's like you said, they've had a lot of their uh, players poach for, over the years as well, uh, going to Liverpool, Man United, respectively, Arsenal even as well. I was talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, Mohamed Salasu, uh, your centre-back who didn't go to the African Cup of Nations with Ghana, but you put in a colossal performance against Manchester City as well. So there's loads of um, room for progress as well, and there's loads of developments, but there's also the, 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 the couple of stars that you have in a team that I would say, James Ward-Prowse being one of them, uh, never that's, a that's, to- that's totally a Southampton thing, though. We, we, this is why the, the, the scarring goes so deep when players like Lalana leave us. OK, we poached him from Bournemouth when he was about 12. But if, maybe it's a modern football thing, but if he'd have stayed at Southampton, he would have become a, a Southampton legend. In the same way that Matt Letizia is a legend, will always be a legend. Mick Shannon, um, regardless of, of Letizia's uh, political and outside of football uh, uh, views, you, you can't deny that the man was an absolute gem of a of a player who saved Southampton on the last day of the season four or five times uh, with his goals. Um, yeah, that, that's where it gets, you know, James Ward Prowse, Southampton through and through. And, and, and it's so, so good to have those players. We, we often talk about it um, in, in the Bundesliga. You've got certain players like Thomas Muller. There's no way he's going to go to another club. And if he does, it'll be like Sebastian Schweinsteiger did. It was kind of like, OK, but when you come back, you'll have a job. We'll look after you. Don't worry about anything. And it was kind of almost like with our blessing, you can go yeah. um, after long, long term uh, service to, to Bayern. But that that kind of one club loyalty is 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 few and far between. You've got the Ryan Giggses and the uh, the Stevie G's and and and, and the Matt Letizia's. But Ward Prowse could be another one if he stays. Yeah, I feel like if he was to have left, he would have left already. They've had them, those bids coming in previously as well, but he's the captain of the team. He really enjoys playing for Southampton and the fact that he's actually making um, new ground through Southampton as well, like he's, he got a couple of call-ups with the England side as well, makes it easier and puts them more on the map as well um, on, the, on the global scale as well, which is brilliant. But yeah, I'm quite happy with the way that Southampton are going. And I think that, like you said, they're, they're a small little team. Ralph Hassan all... Um, wants to make them bigger. He plays a good style of football as well. Last season, especially with Che Adams, Danny Ings up front. That was very entertaining. Yeah, you see, there's another disappointing one for me. Danny Ings from Winchester. He's a local lad. Mm. But what I always find very interesting is, is, is especially when we, 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 we talk, uh, well, I talk to, to people just like yourself quite, quite often, is mm. our understanding and, and, and what football is to us is not what it is for the professional athletes. They're thinking about their careers, their bodies, what they're going to do after their career, um, about the family, how that fits in, move, should I, shouldn't I? You know, what do you want to hang on the wall at the end of your of your time? And, and yeah, it's a shame that Danny Inks went because he's a local lad. You know, if it was me, I'd play for Southampton forever. In fact, mm-hmm. I still do. When you see me huffing and puffing around uh, the local five-a-side pitches here, it's in a Southampton shirt. <laughs> Good man. That's what we like to see. Uh, and some very well. old ones too, because I've got them going right back into the eighties. Not all of them still fit because uh, I've I've matured slightly uh, up front, as it were. But good, yeah. good terminology right there, Phil. Good terminology <laughs> right there. They don't have the same kind of attitude to football that that those of us that are football mad have. Hmm. Um, they you don't find, every now and then you do find one. Uh, normally you find out because they've like done their cruciate having a kick around with their mates on Boxing Day, which yeah. over here is uh, uh, obviously it's, it's time off. Um, 
but very few of them actually still continue playing after they've retired, mainly because their bodies are completely wrecked. Um, I work with uh, Stefan Freund. And oh, wow. He's uh, quite a lot. And he's got loads of uh, knees, ankles and things that don't like it when he uh, he does go jogging. Of course, he stays fit. But uh, yeah. the, the, the playing football thing is is more of a, a chore for him, I think, these days than, you know, his passion for football remains unchanged. But I do get the feeling that a lot of maybe it's wrong to single out Stefan there, but some of the other guys that, that I work with have said, you know, it's it, kind of those days are behind me now. Now I'm, I'm, I'm doing something else because they do put themselves through a lot of physical pain and, and commitment to uh, to get everything um, working and keep working for them. It's 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 a big ask. Yeah, because it's, it's one of those things. If you're doing something for a good number of uh period of time as well it just makes it a lot harder to continue to do it even if you're doing it at a lesser level as well which is crazy but um no that was quite cool to hear about Stefan Freund as well again what former uh, Dortmund player I think he coached Spurs for a number of times as well and as played for Spurs coach. too played for Spurs as well that's a cool name Germany Freund, Germany yeah. international played at Schalke um originally started his football career in in the old former East Germany at uh, Stahl Brandenburg is where he came across from in uh, in the 90s and uh he yeah he then went to Schalke moved across the park to uh, um Dortmund where he had his big successful years then moved on to uh to Tottenham and he's still connected very much with Tottenham as as, as well today I'm fairly uh, fairly sure he uh, is still well linked as it yeah. were, or networked. Looked after properly as well, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for that, Phil. That was, that was a really good time to talk about it as well. Um, but now we're into the main bits of Bundesliga commentary now, Phil. So we're here for the main event of literally Bundesliga commentary. So first of, first of all, Phil, I need to know, I think I asked you this previously as well, but I need to know your top five moments as a Bundesliga commentator. Okay. So okay. this, this involves like the stadiums you're in, the crowds that you're in as well. I've got little stories, little stories about well. all of them. Little stories about all of them. Uh, uh, you've, got, you've, you've, got, you've done your thinking. I'm looking well, it's, it's kind of, you know, you're talking about stuff that has left its mark on me. Favourite, favourite, top, top five commentaries. The first one, uh, or in place five, place in fifth five. place, was my very first live in the stadium uh, commentary. Yeah, uh, which was back in I think two thousand five or six, uh, the German Liga Pokal, which is like the League Cup, but it works on a different way, much different uh, uh, way of doing it than the than the UK uh, uh, League Cup does. Basically, it was uh, played between six teams: the winner of the the championship, as I said, the the Meister um, and the DFB Cup winners, plus the next f- top four in the uh, in the league. And they would play in Dusseldorf, a double header. Uh, so really kick off 1.30 and kick off 6.30, one after the other. And then the semi-finals would then be played uh, between the champions and the DFB Cup winners. So, so whoever won the two double headers would then go on to play the, uh, normally it was Bayern and someone else, yeah. uh, Bayern and Bremen, let's say. Um and then uh, that would uh, result in a final that would be played in Leipzig. But my very first in the stadium with a full capacity crowd, um, nervous as hell, uh, was for the for the league Liga Pokal uh, in in Dusseldorf. And 
So that has a very special moment. I don't particularly remember the the commentary as such. Yeah. Um, but that was an important moment in my commentating life. Uh, one commentary that was very memorable for me as well was going out to Zagreb. Oh, wow. Uh, to commentate Arsenal against Dynamo Zagreb. What uh, year was just- that? That was, it was about eight, eight or nine years ago, I should imagine. It was like the fifth round qualifying. Ah, okay. Um, and the rights for the broadcast in Australia were given to a company who wanted an English commentary line because a lot of uh, Croatians, they said, had sort of like left Croatia in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the early years of the century and don't actually speak much Croatian. So although they yeah. could probably get the Croatian broadcast, they couldn't get the English one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they wanted it in English. So I did that. And that was quite an adventure for me as a commentator to go out there on my own without speaking a word of Croatian um, and, and commentate that. Uh, it, was, it was me and about 100 Arsenal fans who were way off in the corner, <laughs> plus 40,000 uh, Zagreb fans. <laughs> um, and uh, they have one of those open stadiums as well. So they don't yeah, really have a particular roof. So it's like a cauldron, really. It's as well, an absolute cauldron. And, and of course, because it's Eastern Europe, they've got the fireworks going. The Bengalos are all out um, and some fantastic crowds, choreography with clapping and pointing and every corner of the ground knowing uh, exactly what to say is where one of my most scary moments in football came because at, at halftime it was still nil nil. And that yeah. was the time when Fabregas, uh, was playing for Arsenal. And Modric, I think, was still playing for, for Zagreb at that point. Uh, and Eduardo broke his leg in a very horrible way for Arsenal later because they bought him afterwards. But uh, And Fabregas went on a mazy run and stuck it in the corner. And I was doing my shouting at the television. So, oh, my God, what a fantastic goal. Fabregas, oh, and he's out, he's through, he's out. Oh, goal. apart from about 100 Arsenal fans down the court, you could just about hear and go, yeah. And then the 10,000 people in the stand in front of me all turned around and looked up to see who was doing the extreme shouting. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad I brought two pairs of underpants on that trip, I can tell you. It must, was, have felt, uh, it must have felt like a spectre moment, like in James Bond. Everyone's just looking at James Bond, all just turning towards him. Welcome, James. Oh, my days. That must have been so scary. It was very scary. So that's number four. I've got goosebumps now as well. If anyone's <laughs> going to watch this video later, I've got goosebumps literally just hearing that. 10,000 people just turning around looking at you. Yeah, it was, but it really was like that. Um, it, you could have heard a pin drop. Mm. It was and just me shouting. I think David Pleat was there um, with the ITV coverage as well. And, and uh, I can't remember who my. Uh, opposite number one but they weren't shouting as loud as I was <laughs> so anyway that was that's that's so that's that, that's in in that's the the fourth in in fourth position there's that yep. one um third position wait one second before we go to third Arsenal won that game I'd imagine they did yeah they they, they they scored about four or so in in, in the second half and, ah, and okay. progressed um but they did see Modric and uh Modric came to Pro, uh, and, and Eduardo, those those two players, I think, then came into the uh, uh, into, into the UK. Then after after that, not long after that, they were they were bought. And Eduardo's Brazilian, I think. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, he, and, he played for Croatia, but he had that Brazilian heritage. Yeah, he was Bra- Brazilian heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good spot, that. Well done. <laughs> done. Um, yeah, the 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 third one was in third place. Is a kind of funny one. Um, 
because it wasn't really anything I can remember about a commentary. It was an absolutely banging game. It was uh, Wolfsburg against Leverkusen um, a good few years ago now, five or six years. Um, Bas Dost was, was, was playing for them and, and it ended 5-4. Mm. Dost, I think, got three or four of the goals. Um, and it was one of those games where you just stood up the whole time because there was so much going on. It was a really, really good game. And I wasn't supposed to be commentating it. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said Bayern Leverkusen. Was that when Son was playing as well? Yeah, I think Son was, was in that as well, yeah. Oh, Pretty easy yeah, yeah. That was when Son scored a hat-trick. I remember that. And he still well. lost. <laughs> yeah, because Wolfsburg... That was the one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, Wolfsburg, uh, they, they were the one that won 5-4. Yeah. Bastos was the one that scored four. Son scored three. Yeah, he got three. four. And he, he just... Touched the last one in with the outside of his right foot as he ran across the six-yard box. It was a beautiful goal. But I wasn't even supposed to be there for that one. Oh, it no. happened like um, less than 24 hours before kickoff. My, my colleague, who was going to uh, commentate, it came down with an abscess uh, oh, in, no. his, in his jaw, in his tooth, and he had to have emergency surgery on his, on his, on his teeth or he couldn't walk. So they said, can you jump in? <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. And it, was, it was one of the most memorable games that, that I'd, I'd done yeah because at the time as well I think Kevin De Bruyne was still playing for Wolfsburg as yes, well yes he was oh, yeah. well, you know your stuff don't you <laughs> no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just remembering the year because it was like before uh, De Bruyne and Son moved to um, England as well so I'm just there like thinking oh yeah, yeah. that's that's why it sticks out to me because no other Leverkusen versus Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg game would stick in my mind besides that one that you just mentioned at 5-4 so I'm just there, like yeah. I'm starting to get worried for my job here right now <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no one would want me as a commentator yet. I need to I need to do some training for that as well. But no, nah, it's, it's one of those things that you just see on like, you know, on like YouTube Explorer or on your YouTube page where it, where it like just pops up the random videos. 5-4 uh, Bundesliga, yeah. top 10 games. Like, oh, okay. Let's watch absolute, this again, which is quite cool. An absolute cracker. How um, was that as a commentator? Did you have any um, iconic quotes that come back to you when Bastos scored or Son scored or anything like uh, that? No, not particularly. Not that one. Um the yeah no it was just the whole game the whole thing was just was really brilliant because it was unexpected and it was lively so many goals so much to commentate on so many so that's kind of one of my favorite ones yeah going to position two now <laughs> and uh it's a lot of people might be expecting me to say it was uh the 2013 uh dfb cup final uh where bayern won the treble for the first time yeah and, went absolutely crazy but that's not it a, a favorite piece of my commentary was uh, we mentioned it earlier on the uh, germany versus england friendly game a couple of years back three or four years years ago yeah. um and i've lived in cologne now for 27 years um and so i'm kind of attached to the city and it's attached to me yeah um it, it's kind of like a second home well it's, it's kind of more of more of a home home now i mean the home yeah, when I come back, when I've been travelling, you come back and see the cathedral, the double spires of the cathedral, it gives me goosebumps. So I'm, I'm taking that as a sign that I belong here. Um, the uh, the friendly, uh, England against, uh, in, in, in Dortmund against Germany, mm. and the only goal of the game, in his final um, final appearance, Lukas Podolski, Cologne hero, legend, uh, character, and it was just a perfectly smacked goal from just on the air, just outside of the penalty area. And I think I was probably the only Englishman standing up going, yeah, it's getting <laughs> only a friendly. I, 
only a friendly, you see. Yeah, it was only a friendly because I think the season before we had a friendly against them as well, and we won three two in Germany at that one as well. But with this one as well, you had a you had a, you had a good result um, for, for either side really because it was just a friendly. It wasn't like a European yeah, championship. No, but it was a, a banging goal, an absolute rip snorting, smacked it so well. Uh, the England fans weren't particularly uh, well behaved on that occasion, but it, it, it sticks in my memory because I that was the first time I got to commentate England. Yeah. Um, being comment- being an Englishman, you know, I can, I've got dual nationality now, but as far as I'm concerned, when England played Germany, it should always be in the final and we should always win. Yeah. <laughs> the three Lions would be, uh, yeah, I could, it's hard because I've got such a relationship now with both countries, um, but you are where you are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm English born and bred and, and you can take the boy out of England, but you can't take the England out of the boy, I suppose that's, one of those uh, uh, cliches as well, but it's it's kind of true, you know. I like my cup of tea in the morning, and uh, I like, you know, cheese and pickle sandwiches, and uh, <laughs> a nice a nice cup of tea is, is is kind of takes on a different kind of when you when you live abroad, different kind of emphasis. You, it's getting hold of the tea bags. If you can't find your Yorkshire gold, you're in trouble. You know? Yeah, you have a certain appreciation for when you're you abroad having a proper English breakfast cup of tea as well. Which is yeah. the one, and and you kind of need that as well because everyone's like coffee, cappuccino, latte. I was like, no, I just want an English breakfast tea, please and thank yeah. you. So it's like whenever I go, I'll go to like um, states or Canada or something like that, and you just say like, oh yeah, English breakfast. Like, Ooh, you're going fancy today. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm English. So it's just like, it's, just like normal. It's for what me. we do. It's what we this do. is how we roll. That's exactly. Bacon it. roll. Uh, yeah. Bacon no, roll. Bacon that roll. German that German side was quite cool as well because I think you um it was the. Uh, kind of clashed before the world cup as well 2017 i remember it now yeah um it was the year before the world cup came in and it was around when southgate had just come in as well so that england team wasn't the best it didn't have the, um that that amazing talent i think jake livermore and, and michael Keane started that game no disrespect but they're like nowhere near england quality even at, around that time as well so it's quite yeah. odd to see that type of um caliber of play that we had playing against germany as well but yeah. no, well, you can f- imagine that you can imagine what goes on being a, being an english uh, football man here in in germany when england do play germany it's, mm. the 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 emails the phone calls just never stop people especially because i speak german as well so i can give interviews and and, and uh, do stuff in in german it's it's always very entertaining but i've suffered for years and years and years under the <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the lack of ability to take penalties and every time we'd be get beaten by Germany and uh, of course uh, Stefan Freund was uh, part of that 1996 squad that won uh, won the the Euros that year um, 2001 England five Germany one I still have a t-shirt with that on, <laughs> which every now and then when I get really riled up I wear out to, just to annoy people were you wearing that the day when England beat Germany um, last year as well in the Euros at Wembley I was. I was wearing. I, I can't. Uh, I can't show you. Can I show you? I can show you. Hang on. You might. I might. I might have to. Might just take a second no, to find cool. it. But uh, we go back to the summer. Because were you in Germany for that? Or you I was. I was just. I was just about to go off on holiday. Actually, funnily okay. enough. Um, Not to England, world... was it? No, uh, France. I, li- I like. I like going down to the south of France. Nice um, I had, I'll bet you I won't be able to find it now. Um, oh, this is embarrassing. It's okay. <laughs> so many pictures, and most of them are pictures of football grounds or on the way to a football ground. Or, ah, hang on a second. 
here we are. I don't know if you can see me with my friend here. Yeah, England 5, Germany 1 shirt. It's the England 5 shirt. It's an original. I, I had it at the time. Uh, but yeah, so th there you go. <laughs> you, you got it. My, my, my friend and colleague, Nikki Rawls, was, was with me for that one. He, he insisted that I come to a local pub. I was the only, only one wearing an English. No, it's not true. There was possibly one other guy, but he was a German. Mm. Um, wearing the England shirt. But uh, yeah, when it comes to football, I, I'm not one of those uh, sort of totally anti, I'm in, in as much as derbies, you know, a derby should be had in, in, the, in the top flight. I, the, I want Southampton to beat Portsmouth every time, but yeah. I want them to beat them in the Premier League. I don't yeah. want us to be meeting in the conference or League Two or, or whatever. Uh, and it's the same with England and Germany. It needs to be, it, it nearly always is a, a top game when, when the two of them meet and and having predicted our win at 2-0 <laughs> I was feeling smug as hell uh, over the summer but uh, we should move on to my number one moment of football commentary let's have it number one moment of football commentary in, in, in any any performers or football commentators life you, you always worry that you're not going to hit something or, or or if you do and, th and this is my big worry i just like with uh, some people who are on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now. I, I think I might have had my biggest moment in football commentary that I'm ever likely to get mm. already. Uh, you live in hope. But for me, the five goals for Robert Lewandowski in nine minutes uh, yeah. is kind of, if you, if you, if you look on the, on the Twitterverse, um, that's kind of what I'm known for mainly is, is that particular, uh, that pic, uh, piece of commentary. I'm, I'm, I'm not a commentator who prepares lines. Um, I, I try and make sure that I've got all the facts at my fingertips. Um, sometimes I get them wrong, but uh, I always think it, it feels forced if, if, if you've got, you read something out. Um, yeah. And what came out of my mouth on that particular occasion was, was just, uh, just guttural outpouring of, of my enjoyment of football. And, and he was just phenomenal and it's actually a huge pleasure and and honor to have to have been in stadiums with Robert Lewandowski. Um, he's, he's an incredible striker. Um, lots of people will say, yeah, but it's only the Bundesliga. But at the same time, it's year after year, and the quality is 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 without uh, without doubt. Hundred percent agree. And I think that um, that video just goes around every now and then when you just see it, like on this time last year or on this time in 2015 or 16, whenever it happened. Robert Lewandowski scored five goals in nine minutes. And I just hear your commentary on some of these audios and you're just there like, ah, oh, that's so cool. Every time Bayern play Wolfsburg, that is trotted out. There are, <laughs> there are people that cut all the videos and things together at the, the studios where I work, where as soon as you hear that coming out of, a, uh, out of one of the, the, the editing rooms, you, hear that, you feel them shy away. Oh God, I can't hear that again. <laughs> it's me again. Someone, <laughs> someone's edited me. Yeah, it's him. Ah, oh, my days. But no, that, that, that must have been one of the best experiences because you were in the ground for that one as well, weren't you? Um, were you? No? No. Yeah. Oh, that man. was an off-tube one. Oh, okay. That's not I too was, bad, though. I was standing the whole time. It's one of those things, that, as commentators, like, like footballers, you have good days, you have bad days. Some days, every, everything, like Lewandowski, everything he touched went in. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and for me as a commentator, I just kind of was in the groove with him, on, or I think I was. Um, some days, you... you you're just completely disconnected and, and it's really boring. And there's a bit of midfield header tennis and you think, didn't he play for 
from Middlesbrough at one point or somewhere, and you look down and then you hear the crowd go berserk and the ball's flown into the top corner from 35 yards and you go, oh, and Schalke have scored. Oh, we missed it. Yeah, it happens sometimes. It, it, it does. Um, it shouldn't happen too often. <laughs> but uh, it, when it does and you feel really dirty as a commentator, you just think, oh, darn, that's, that's kind of... In, in the same way that missing an open goal from from six yards is, is horrendous. Missing a goal as a, as a commentator is horrendous too. I missed an open goal last week, which is a sham. Uh, literally, just like basically, it's one of those ones where I miskicked it. It came off the bar, but came back to me, and I just finished it in. So I had to do that thing where I turn away, and I'm like, oh, for goodness' sake, I missed up the first goal. But I was just lucky that I scored. <laughs> it was a winning goal in the game. It's the end of the game as well, which is like ten <laughs> like nine in, in the end. But I know I know the feeling with that as well, Phil. Um, but yeah, just one last question before we wrap it up, Phil. Who is the best player you've watched live in a stadium in the Bundesliga? Lewandowski's got to be up there. Mm. I've always thought Philip Lahm for consistency. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be loaded with with uh, 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 Bayern, Bayern players. players. Schweinsteiger was fantastic. Still playing. Thomas Müller is 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 a phenomenon. Yeah. Um, all time. I love Pizarro. Claudio Pizarro. Claudio Pizarro. What what we're talking about? Our love of football. He's one of those. Mm. If if he if you read in the newspaper that he twisted his ankle kicking a ball around that you know it would have been kicking a ball around with some of his mates or something like that because he still has that that love of football you saw it right up he was over 40 in playing still got that smile on his face still enjoying what he was doing and I've really appreciated that he'd scored some marvelous goals as well um some of my commentary on on I think he scored uh, one of those really nice back heel flicks against uh, Hamburg at one point. And that's, that's got my commentary all over it. And uh, the, uh, yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's one of the best, another like, like Lewandowski, a striker par excellence. I always, my own self, I always feel it a kind of unfair to compare people from different eras. So if you, if you go yeah. back 20 years, there's, there's, there's a whole load of different people that maybe, you know, you, and, you, and you compare them with today. Like I saw Mesut Özil's first game when he was about 16 in, mm. in that Liga, Liga Pokal um, for Schalke. I, it was in the same year, I think, that um, Mario Gomez made, made his debut as well. And you could see by looking at both of them that they were head and shoulders above everyone else. You, you, you just look, and you're a scout, so you know what I'm talking about here. You look at yeah. their composure on the pitch, how they handle themselves, their relationship with the ball and, and, and where everyone else is. And you know that you're looking at somebody special, their touch, their, their, their feel for the ball. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little like that, D. Uh, no, it's all good. I asked, I asked for one and you gave me like five or six. That's even better than what I hoped for as well. Mentioned yeah. Lewandowski, Lahm, who I love, Schweinsteiger, Pizarro, Claudio Pizarro, one of the most fun players to watch on a football pitch uh, in Bundesliga history for me. And yeah. Meza Ozil as well, someone who's just a proper joy to watch. Is, is not for everyone, but I quite enjoyed watching Meza Ozil when he's playing for Arsenal and for Werder Bremen. And I mean, I'm a, big, I'm a big Bundesliga man, so I always find it a real shame when players leave the Bundesliga. I think, you know, I'm hand on heart, Jaden Sancho leaving really was. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure that's the right move for him. I mean, I understand, mm. 
but maybe I'm just looking at it. It's maybe not the right move for me because I wanted to commentate on him here every weekend or every other weekend, whenever. Yeah, but uh, it must be such a joy, like players like that who can just take on a player or a nutmeg a player yeah. or skill pass a player with goals and assists and everything like that. Players today that are really impressive, and I find absolutely, I'm, I'm a huge, massive, enormous Jude Bellingham fan. I think he's really, really talented. Really, really. I mean, he's playing at 18. Like some players don't ever get to play at 25, 28 when they're at their peak, you know, he, and he's yeah. starting at that level. So if he continues, if he avoids injury and continues to develop, massive, massive. It, he just needs to, he's only 18. Well, 18 is he not 19 yet, but um, he needs to mature slightly, needs to yeah. keep his uh, keep his mouth shut when we're talking about referees that give um, uh, decisions that go against him. That's uh, hilarious, that bit. Despite... That, oh, that, that bit was against... That was just so funny because I think he got banned or something after that as well. Yeah, he's, he's serving... Uh, he got fined, yeah. Quite yeah. A, a small chunk of change. Um, but, people, you know, footballers, we're, we're all of us, we're only people. We've got our opinions. As I said when we were talking before we started recording, you know, you don't always have to find other people's opinions correct mm. or right, but you have got to give, let people have their opinions. Uh, and Everyone's got, got one know, at the end of the day. You've also got to know when to just... And to just leave it be as well. He's, he's driven, he's driven, and, he's, and he's, a, he's an absolute massive talent. As long as he doesn't get, doesn't believe too much of uh, his own propaganda, as it were, he, he can go a long, long way. Yeah, definitely. When you see a lot of these younger players staying humble and actually work on their game year in, year out, that's such a good feeling as opposed to not progressing and not developing themselves further. And unfortunately, a lot more players have that nowadays and actually staying humble and developing. And hopefully he can continue to do that. that Mus- Musiala, Musiala at Bayern, he can be he can be somebody really impressive as well if he keeps going. Um, former Southampton Youth Academy. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> and he spent some time at Chelsea as well. But uh, the... Um, the young players in the Bundesliga, it's a lot, it's a great place for them to come. Yeah. They, they, they do use them. And I'm, I'm a big, probably one of the, the few great things that's come out of the pandemic is, is, is the use of five substitutes. I, I think it's a, a, a real step forward. You get to see more young players. People get more opportunity to prove themselves. The game becomes faster. I mean, I don't know if you play sort of like five-a-side tournaments or seven-a-side tournaments, which, which, which I, I do here. You know, you've got a rolling uh, substitution. You can do as many as you like, as long yeah. as there are only seven people on the pitch. Uh, and it just moves it all on at such, at such a great pace. I'm, I'm a big fan of five subs. Uh, I know not everybody is. Um, but in the Bundesliga, they use, them, use it well. And uh, I think it just adds to the game. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's so fun when uh, younger players get a, a chance as well. Because I remember for Bayern Leverkusen, when Kai Havert, uh, Havertz left, you had uh, Florian Wirtz coming in and just like an instant replacement straight away. You had Diaby getting a couple more games as well. Yeah, um, Diaby and, is a very good player, really fast, really yeah. fast. I like Diaby. And you had like, um, Marcus Turam as well. I think he was at um, Gladbach, as we mentioned previously as well. Yeah. Um, another, another young talent coming through, which, which is great. And because of the five subs that they had, at the time in the pandemic, a year later, he got into the Euro squad for France as well. Yeah, which, which because he because he'd been able to p- perform and show show what he's got. I'm, I I think it's a really a really good, especially for the older players too, um, yeah. because then you can pull people off 
depending on how the game's going. I mean, sometimes they make mistakes uh, and and they start with a side that they really shouldn't have. That happened in the cup, I think, with uh, with Köln recently when they played Hamburg. They wanted to give some of their players a rest and they started with five replacements from the starting lineup the week before. And over the course of the second half, they put all five back in, but couldn't turn it around uh, properly. Uh, they got a last minute penalty and then there was the incident with the slipped penalty. But anybody who's ever watched... <laughs> the uh, the David Beckham penalties against uh, Turkey of, of your yeah <laughs> or John the, Terry yeah in Moscow oh lord let's not go there we won't um, go there scars of the past all 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 history now England getting better <laughs> and better I'm I'm hoping for 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 that one step further this time around definitely um, but no that that was pretty good um, Phil we're just going to wrap up the podcast here as well. I just wanted to know personally, um, have you got any other football tournaments or any other football um, uh, games that you're going to be coaching besides the Bundesliga in the near future? The only um, the only areas where I'm active is is for the for the DFL, the German Football League, which is the Bundesliga, and also the DFB uh, Cup, so the yep. German Football Association Cup. The uh, quarterfinals of that will be coming up in uh, not so far away. I don't know which game I'll be on, but I will be on one of them. It's actually quite exciting for the neutral this season because the winners from the last, I think, something like 29 years are all out. So it's going to be, I think, Hanover were the last team to win it back in 91 or something like that, mm. uh, that are still in the competition. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have uh, possibly a new name on the cup this season, which which could be exciting. The final is in uh, Berlin on the 21st of May, and hopefully I'll be there to commentate it with a bit of luck. Hopefully, fingers Hopefully. crossed. Yeah, you definitely. never know. One of my one of my other colleagues might get it. You know, it's uh, yeah. There's quite a few of us, but uh, if if I'm lucky, I might. If not, then best of luck to whoever's doing it. I'll be watching it at home. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Better luck next year as well. But no, um, it's it's going to be good to see how the rest of the cups come along with Germany as well because I follow it from outside. It's very well broadcasted in the UK as well, so it's always fun when there's like a cup round of the FA Cup like this weekend coming up as well. But uh, German cups will come up, French cups, Italian cups as well. It's so fun to just watch it from a neutral aspect as well and just enjoy the game, the love of football, really, which is the best thing. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty uh, plenty to watch and get excited about on the on the DFB Pokal as well. It's uh, you know that's the one thing people level at the Bundesliga and say you know it's a one team league and it has been for the last dear ten years they would say. But Bayern haven't always won it by Easter. A um, mm -hmm. couple of seasons back, it was on the last day of the season. That has that's happened a couple of times in the last ten years. It is it is unfortunate that um, there is just one team that controls the assets. Um, again, not my area of expertise in the economics and how television money is divided up and who gets what. Uh, but it would be nice if we had a bit more of the way. I mean, if you look at the the Premier League, there you've got about six sides, six seven sides that could do it Manchester City seem to have their thumb firmly on the the the, the, the pulse of, of what's going on or they have a, a death grip on, on the Premier League at the moment it could all change Guardiola went from Spain to Germany to England and he made all of them farmers leagues by the time yeah. they were there as well just one one club one club teams winning the league yeah the I think if I think if you follow the money there's 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 a, there's a trail there I sometimes think that you know if you and I could take over coaching at Bayern, we'd probably do all right as well. Yeah, we'd be okay. Thomas Muller yeah. would just continue with the goals and assists as well. We'd be happy That's with it. it. Robert yeah. would just get even better with us at the helm. Can't yeah. complain. 
There you go. Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd bring them on, wouldn't we? Yeah, we'd let them play and we'd give them the five subs every now and then. 3 0 by 60 minutes, have a break. Yeah, that's it. You're off in early, early shower. Just relax till the next game. Definitely. Um, but no, Phil, just to wrap up the podcast, I just wanted to say thank you very much for your time today. It's been a joy to actually speak to you and learn more about uh, Bundesliga commentary, um, your life in general, and the fact that you're, you're a Southampton fan as well. So that was a nice little surprise to have a catch up about um, Southampton <laughs> Football Club as well. But um, thank you for telling us what you're going to be doing up for the rest of the year as well. Going to be looking forward to seeing you on these um, YouTube highlights. I'll be catching the Bundesliga back on, which would be quite fun as well. Um, do you have anything you'd like to say to our listeners about Bundesliga or any final messages you'd like to close up on? I well, wonder. I'm commentating on uh, Cologne against Freiburg and uh, Dortmund against uh, Leverkusen this weekend. That second one should be an absolute banger. Um, Freiburg on my FIFA career mode team as well. So like you said, uh-huh. I, I'm always trying to get into... Um, FIFA and football manager with different teams and that. And ever since I met a, a German fellow on holiday who sports Freiburg, I was uh, yeah, like, they're a decent, a very decent uh, sort of family side. You, mm. you know, they they do so well with very little resources. Their coach is is brilliant. Uh, they're a really likable, likable side. No, no, really huge names, but a really well disciplined uh, team who know exactly what their strengths are and they play to them. So the fact they're having a good season this season is, is, is great. It happens quite often. Uh, they have a good season and then they lose all their top players. Um, they all get bought and then they're struggling against rele- relegation. Perhaps they go down, they come back again and do the start again from the beginning. A bit like Southampton have been over the years, not that I'm comparing Freiburg to Southampton, but uh, you know, it, it does it does seem to be a sort of a cycle where they, they, they have a little bit of success and, and that actually harms them in certain ways. Um, but fair play to them. They are where they are at the moment uh, um, on merit and it's going to be a tough game on, on Saturday for Köln. Um, yeah, so I'm doing that. Uh, to everybody watching uh, or listening to the podcast, just just uh, keep going to games when you can. <laughs> that keeps, keeps us all uh, excited. Uh, empty stadiums are the worst thing in the world. Take it from me. I've uh, Commentating in an empty stadium is... When the players look up and say, who's that shouting? <laughs> who's that English guy shouting? Who's again? the English guy shouting? Oi! Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, just keep keep the faith. It's, it's the beautiful game. We all love it. Um, and there is no other sport for for most of us than, than football. And uh, it would be the world would be a, a really sad place if if the pandemic comes back and we have to stop playing. That would be, yeah, end of the world scenario, end of the world season four type thing. Yeah, again and again and again, again and again. This time on Netflix series, <laughs> exactly. This time on end of the world season four, and it just oh no. Now we're making a joke of something that, that I just don't want want to happen as well. Slow steps out a bit. I think get, so. But get, thank yeah. you for inviting me on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, as you probably guessed, I quite like the sound of my own voice. Uh, <laughs> so apologies for, for blathering on for ages and ages. I, I mean, if you're a football commentator and you don't like the sound of your own voice, I don't think you'd be very good as a commentator. So that's the thing. Like You'd have to like to listen to yourself to just continue talking for 90 minutes and every other weekend as well and your voiceover work and everything it's quite fascinating to me but no thank you very much phil for your time um for your conversation and for hopefully bringing a lot of people a lot more clarity on like bundesliga football and everything like that which would be great but well um, let's do it again sometime uh you know it doesn't have to be a one-off <laughs> oh i'm open <laughs> to end that. of season review or something like that if you want that's not a problem because uh oh, i'm i'm gonna pencil that in right now end yeah of season, we can after, make a date <laughs> after the 21st of may we've got it right there and then which is brilliant 
Oh, that's fantastic. But no, Phil, thank you very much for your time. Everyone, thank you very much for listening, sharing and subscribing to our podcast. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>